0: Welcome to the Ottawa University Chi Alpha Podcast. Alright, we're going to have this fun conversation tonight. Uh, am I saved? Am I saved? Um, this is not a question for me sending it out to you, because it may be like, I don't know if he is. Um, and maybe that's totally cool. But here's the thing, for as long as Christianity has been around, for as long as people have been following Christ, um, a lot of people, maybe not a lot, maybe not as long, but shortly after the beginning of the church, back in a while ago, 2,000 years ago, people have been asking this question. Maybe you've asked this question. Am I, am I actually saved? And it's followed up with this question, how do I know that I'm saved? Like, how is this, how, is, how do I, know? like, no. Like, do I just have to show up for church or Chi Alpha? <laughs> uh, do I have to just be like, yeah, I'm American and Jesus is cool. Um, no, here's the thing though, here's, here's the reality of it. I have had family, I have family, that that believe, and, and this may be you, This is, I'm not trying to be offensive if this is you, but they're like, well, we live in America, and our culture is kind of Christian, so I, I must be, you know, a follower of Christ. Here's the thing, following Jesus is so much more than just going to church on Sunday or Mass or whatever, or if you're one of the Seventh-day Adventist people going to church on Saturday, whatever. Um, it's cool if you are. There you go. Um, it's, it's more than just attending something. Um, just like someday, if you get married, it's not just attending your wedding. Like, you do that and then like you attend anniversaries. Um, you probably won't make it to the first one. If those are the only times you hang out, um, unless you like, you're the two type of people that are like, "Cool, we're married. See you in 365 days." I don't know how that works. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's not. It would be weird. Um, but but we don't ask those questions. Like I don't lay awake at night and go, "Am I married?" Um, if I did, it means I've been hit in the head more than Teeny has, and there's a lot of concussions going on that are causing me. To think not clearly, right? But we've asked this question, how, 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 do, how do I know that I'm saved? Now here's, here's the kind of the, one of the problems with this question, when we, we, we for many generations, many decades in the American church have used this term called saved. Um, if you're saved, you need to ask them the next question, saved from What? Now, it is wicked hot in this room. If all your thought process and all your hopes is to be saved from hell, um, that's, that's a very low... No, I, I, here's the thing. A lot of people think that way. That's a very low understanding of what following Jesus is supposed to be like. Because Jesus offers hope. Jesus offers peace. He offers life and life more abundantly. It's not just, cool, here you go. You can call yourself Christian now by... Um, because if you think that way, then you're also probably on, along the same lines thinking, well, then all religions are kind of the same religion. It's all the same God, that kind of a thing. They're, they're not. We can have that discussion some other time because we don't have that kind of time tonight. But then we have this true statement that we, need to, that we need to understand. This is kind of where we're going to sit for the rest of the night. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Just like there's a difference between knowing about that person you have a crush on <laughs> and actually knowing them. Um, if you've never talked to them, you're not in a relationship. I've used this example many, many times. In, in, in case you didn't know, if you've never actually talked to somebody, even if you're friends on Facebook, you're not really friends in real life. Some of you are like, no, i got friends all over the world. No, you don't. You just hit, okay, whatever, we could be friends on Facebook, or you follow them on Instagram. I'm like, I know, Whoever, I was going to try to come up with a really dumb influencer's name, but I won't. Because there are plenty. Jake Paul. Um, there. <laughs> so there's a difference between knowing somebody or knowing about somebody and actually knowing them, right? Uh, a lot of you in this room, like, I know you because we've hung out and we've spent time together. Some of you I don't know as well because we don't hang out because... I don't like you and you don't like me. It's cool. I'm just kidding. Love you. (laughs) I need to move on. All right. So we're going to look at this. It is, we're going to look at the whole chapter. It's only eight verses, so chill. Um, Don't be like, no, what are we going to do? Actually, it's 11. Sorry. Uh, But here it is. I, you know, I got to move out the way of of the screen for this one. Uh, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. It feels like this could be that place right now because it is, it is hot. I admit, it is warm in this room. They thought it was still fall. It's raining and cold outside, but I don't know. All right. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feasts. I will... The richest feasts. Like, so like the, the hamburgers downstairs. Um I will praise you okay, there all right, sorry. I will praise you with the songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on your thoughts on your thought on you through the night, sorry. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings, I cling to you, your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will lie or they will die by the sword and become food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. So for the next few minutes, we're going to kind of hang... We're not going to kind of. We're going to hang out on this chapter. Um, Psalm 63. And I want to share with you this idea... Like, if, if, we've, if you've ever asked the question, am I saved? Or am I actually a Christian... Um, I'm, that's okay. That's actually part of this, this journey process if, you are ever, if you've ever been there. But I want to share with you three ideas from this chapter on how to know that you are in relationship with Christ. Now, please do not get offended. If these three examples, you're like, I haven't, don't know any of those three. <sighs> we'll work on that after that, okay? Um, but we're going to look at just these, these three things. So three signs of spiritual growth. So when I say spiritual growth, I'm also very much meaning spiritual growth as in Christ. Because you can grow spiritually outside of this room. You can go do yoga and do your omes and hang out with a a person that talks about living on the astral plane or something like that. Um, you can go find another church or synagogue or whatever else, another spiritual place um, of, of growth and become spiritual, if you will. When I say spiritual growth, I am not talking about you becoming something amazing because you are who you are. When I say spiritual growth, I mean us becoming closer to Jesus and recognizing our faults and failures, not so that we can go, man, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I'm just worthless. But so that we can go, dang, God is that good, he is that awesome, that he still wants to hang out with me. He still wants to have a relationship with me. Listen, everybody in this room, everybody at this school, it does not matter in God's eyes what your past or even your present looks like. Okay? It doesn't. He loves you. Full stop. He loves you. Okay? Tomorrow, when you do some really dumb, boneheaded things, God still loves you, okay? I'm going to move on from this. All right. The three signs of spiritual growth. So growing in Christ. The first one is this. An appetite for the presence of God. Simply an appetite. When you're you're in an actual relationship with with somebody, I don't know if you've ever been that way or not, Um, you can even go back in time when you were a kid that just... Maybe having a desire to have a relationship with a mother or a father or a grandmother or something like that or a grandpa. Just having that desire just to be with somebody who loves you and not necessarily in a sexual way or anything like that, but just being with somebody who loves you. You have people in your life that you enjoy being around. There's almost an appetite, a hunger for that. Do you have a hunger for the presence of God? Now this is what it looks like. In verse 1, it says, "O oh God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water." When David is writing this, what he's saying is no matter how much of this I drink, no matter how much of this I get, it's not necessarily it may have been that David wrote this while in a desert, but what he's saying in this verse that even if I had all of the water in the world, if I do not have your presence, my soul is parched. My soul yearns for just a hint of your presence. Like, as David is writing this, there's more than just, God, I want to be in your presence. That's cool. David's like, no, you don't don't understand what I'm saying. Everybody who's reading David's writing, I, I, I need God's presence. Like, without it, I, I can't live. I don't want to live. I need this presence, and so he has an appetite for the presence of God. Now, a sense of his absence is a sign of his presence working. It is a sign of his presence at work in you. Again, I don't know where you all are at on your journey of faith, and there may be times you can you might say, "I'm a follower of Jesus. Great." I, I love the Lord, but maybe you 've always you 've also had this thought that i don 't know where God is i don 't feel god i don 't sense God now if you 've never felt that way, if you continue to pursue Jesus, you probably will at some point in time. I can tell you in my life, I have felt this way it 's like okay where where is God? Where is his presence? I feel like i haven 't really I haven't felt his love, I haven't felt his power, I haven't felt his presence. You may have felt that way, but this is is a statement of hopefully peace in your heart and soul. Because if you understand, if you have that sense of his absence in your life, that's a sign of his presence at work in your heart and soul. That's a good thing. Now, don't ignore that and be like, oh, whatever. Um, But be like, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? What, like what? Uh, uh, do I? I will just will just sit here and wait. God, I will wait for you. Moses in the Old Testament, God actually told him to lead the Israelites, who were a super bunch of stubborn morons. Um, which it's a story about us, anyway. Um, but he, he he told Moses to lead these people, and he's like, ah, and he goes, you know what, God. I will not leave this place without your presence. I will. You can kill me. I will not leave this place without your presence. Moses had a, had a, maybe a different mentality than even than we do, because sometimes we wait for three minutes and like, well, I don't feel God, so oh well, bye. Some of you are like, three minutes is an eternity, uh, but but his. Sensing God's absence in your life is actually a sign that he's, he's calling to you. He's, he's trying to pull you close to him. His desire for you will always be greater, always be greater than your desire for him. Always. All right. Number two, information becomes sensation. This is a fun one. Uh, you may know a lot about who God is. Um, any of you seen Nacho Libre? great great movie great deep theological (laughs) uh, study on the church but one of my favorite lines from that movie is they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel but I do Uh, I love that line I think it's hilarious you could know a buttload of crap about the gospel you could take gospels twice if you wanted to some of you have to please don't fail gospels like if you're close to that please come talk to me I can help you out right Amanda you weren't close to failing. But I helped her write her, la- her paper, and I actually snuck in some lines from Dumb and Dumber, um, and the pre- professor didn't catch it. I was really kind of disappointed. And it's really sad. Whatever. That was a few years ago. Anywho. Uh, but information becoming sensation. So you can could, you could know a buttload of crap about the gospel. You can. It's actually possible. You can take lots of classes. There's all sorts of stuff online and things like that that you can read, and you can pursue, and you can listen to people talk. You could know a lot. But knowing a lot about God doesn't mean you know him. There are some of you, we could talk about the LeBron-Jordan debate, and you can share with me stats that literally don't matter. Because we know Jordan's better. But you can share with me these stats of who, what basketball player you like and who you think is better, and Jordan did X, Y, and Z, even though none of you were alive when he was playing, that's okay. Um, but maybe in his last end of his career, whatever. Um, but then you, maybe you're a big LeBron fan, you're like, no, this is why LeBron's the best. You've never met him, he doesn't know your name, he doesn't care about who you are. That goes for Michael or, or LeBron. That wasn't like a diss on, on either one of them. They don't know you, but you know a buttload of crap about them. You can know a buttload of crap about the gospel. And be far from Christ. All right. Uh, Verses 2 and 5. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gaze upon your power and glory. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Verse 5 kind of flows into the next one. But these two verses in that chapter 63 are talking about taking information about knowing about who God is. But you can get information, like I said, from class, from the internet. Eh, probably a bad choice. But from class, from some reliable sources on the internet, from going to church, hopefully, with a good pastor, um, from hanging out in small groups, from whatever. But when was the last time you were kind of sitting in God's presence and you almost felt overwhelmed? But not overwhelmed like because you've got a bunch of stuff happening in your life, but overwhelmed with the sense of, dang, God loves me so much. He cares about me so much that even in the middle of my sin, in the middle of my pain, in the middle of my suffering, God still just wants to be there. Some of you may have never experienced, like, an all-powerful God in the middle of your mess, just simply putting His arm around you. Some of you are like, "I don't want God to put do that. That's weird." Um, but listen, but some, just that sensation, that feeling of God. Just being there with you while you're going through the thick of it. Some of you are like, I didn't know God did that. He does. It's fantastic. I'll stop whispering. It's weird. This is the difference between knowing honey is actually sweet and tasting honey. I could stand up here. And I'm going to assume that all of you have tasted honey, unless you're allergic to it. I get that. Anybody allergic? Okay, cool. But I could tell you, we, we did this uh, last year with a different illustration, because Hannah had a Twinkie, and Brock was blindfolded. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was the same concept. Uh, he didn't have a clue what it was. It was great. It was wonderful. But you could know a lot about something. You could know a lot about honey. You could tell me how many bees it takes to make how many ounces, and blah, 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 blah. But actually tasting the sweetness of honey. Some of you are like, honey's disgusting. All right, get over that part. Um, if you don't like honey, that's cool. Uh, but knowing honey's sweet, I know honey's sweet. Honey's got to be sweet. Well, have you ever tried it? Well, no. It's so good. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, oh, man. Uh, honey's fantastic. It can be fantastic. But you knowing, knowing it's sweet. It's like when you hear somebody telling about a dish that they had, maybe in another foreign country, for instance, uh, we went to this restaurant in downtown Delhi. Um, when I say a hole in the wall, that, that's literally what it was. That It was just this, you, you're walking down this, I say alley, like between these two chairs is wider than the alley, okay? Where you're walking down it and people are coming this way, you're going this way. It's barely enough for two people to walk that direction. You have to walk down here, and then you turn right, and then there's a little opening in this wall that you walk through, and suddenly you're in a restaurant. Now, how many of you have ever ate goat? A few of you. All right. I could tell you, those of you who haven't eaten goat, I could talk to you about this dish. It was the entire leg of a goat. The entire freaking thing came out on a silver, probably wasn't actually silver, so tin, I don't know, aluminum, an aluminum platter. It was huge. It didn't look like the most appetizing thing in the world, but when you just, just that, the scent of it, after it being cooked on an open fire, it hits your nostrils with all this, the flavor and stuff. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat that. It's going to be wonderful. And then they bring out sauces for you to dip in it. Just in case you silly Americans don't know that the spices already in it will light your mouth on fire. <laughs> it's India. Anywho, but this, I could explain to you and try to, I could show you a picture, in fact, because I took a picture. I know. it was a li- Nobody's in the picture. It's just a picture of a leg, of a goat leg, sitting on a tray. <laughs> I could tell you that it was wonderful. And you're like, I kind of believe you, but goat? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fantastic. Let me tell you, it was fantastic. Now, the only way I can convince you more than just telling you it was fantastic is actually taking you to the source and having you try it. It's just like sharing your life with people and then eventually, because people will see the difference in your life. They will see a joy in your life. If you have no joy, if you have no peace, if you have no patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, or self-control, you have no fruit, so you have no Christ. nothing growing on that tree there's a story of jesus walking by a fig tree and it has no figs and it must have caught jesus on a bad day so jesus curses the tree it's a fig tree he didn't do nothing just didn't have any fruit jesus curses it the next day they're leaving jerusalem the disciples walk by it and that tree had completely withered up and died like what They probably didn't think anything of it when they were walking into the city and Jesus is like, I wanted a piece of fruit! Curse you tree! Or whatever it is that he says. It doesn't record exactly what he says in scripture. He's like, curse that tree! And they're like, okay. Stay away from Jesus. He's a little hangry. Um, See, even Jesus gets hangry. If you want to curse a tree, go for it. Um, It probably wasn't until after the next day they were walking out and they are like, whoa, that's the same tree and it's dead. Psh! But the difference between actually knowing honey is sweet and actually tasting it there's a difference between knowing following jesus is sweet and actually walking in that all right your soul feasts on the reality of who god is now that may feel like a weird statement to some of you my soul feasts what (laughs) on the realities of who god is my soul has never feasted on anything. Here's the thing. Right now, your soul is consuming something. You can consume Christ, or you can consume a bunch of other stuff, including yourself, and you will never find life. You can consume, chase after relationships. You can chase after... Like drugs and alcohol, you could chase after success in business, you could chase after success in sports, you could chase after all of these things. Now, some of those things are not bad in and of themselves, but if Christ is not the sole thing, that, that the, the only thing that your soul is like, I, I need more of this in my life. I, 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 need, I need it. I need that peace. I need that hope. I need that joy. I need it. I want my soul to feast on it. I need that. If that's if that's not what your soul needs, or feel like I've never done this, cool. I'm glad you're here. Hopefully I can help you with that. Alright. Number three. Ready? Here's number three. For a spiritual experience. This one's super difficult. Praise. Alright. Cool. One word, Woohoo! praise. Now, praise is not universal, or is, in fact, sorry, praise is universal. Everybody knows what praise and worship is. Now, I'm not talking about, like, the stuff we do at the beginning of Chi Alpha, where we sing songs and some people raise their hands, or I don't think we've ever clapped, but whatever. Uh, maybe the church you went to be like, yeah, I love this, uh, whatever it may be, I don't know. Uh, you, you understand what praise and worship looks like, because especially at a school that is mostly athletes, you could go out here, to this stadium, on almost any given evening, and you can see what worship looks like. You can see what praise looks like. Now think about this, also, the last person that you talk to, um, how do you, I love this joke, but how do you know somebody has run a marathon? They've already told you about it three times. All right, Um, because, okay, come on, Uh, it's true. Uh, okay but praise all right psalm uh, 63 verses 4 verse 7 and verse 8 i will praise you as long as i live lifting up my hands to you in prayer because you are my helper i sing for joy in the shadow of your wings verse 8 i cling to you for your strong right hand holds me securely praise is a universal sign you cannot be in love without praise you can't and here's how i know you please do not raise your hands Have you ever, because my hand's up. Have you, okay, well, calm down. Have you ever been in a relationship that you hope to God nobody found out about? Here's what it is. One of two things. Ready? More than likely, not more than likely. I need to be careful. Lust, that's all it's about. Or just you wanted somebody to be around it's not actually love. If you are in love with somebody but you don't want anybody to know about it, I'm telling you right now, you're not in love with them. You're in like (laughs) or lust, whatever. Run, run, yeah, run. This is the only time you'll ever hear me say run because running is silly. Um, (laughs) But you cannot be in love without praise. When you actually are in love, when you actually find that person, and maybe not even a person, let's think of something that you do that you really enjoy. Like I said with, with marathon runners, you've already, you know they have run a marathon because they've already told you three times, hey, have you seen my Boston Marathon jersey <laughs> that I'm still wearing? I haven't washed it. We know. Um, or, or whatever it may be. That, that's a love you might have. Again, that kind of love is not necessarily bad, but when you love something, you talk about it. If you've been around me there's a really good chance you've heard me talk about bicycles yeah. i hope i'm not in love with them but apparently if if this is the only if this is the only level to know so you're in love with something then i clearly love bikes why don't you marry him um but i, I love i i enjoy biking i don't know why i clearly don't do it enough um but but i i enjoy cycling some of you enjoy fishing you enjoy hunting you enjoy Netflix, <laughs> whatever it may be. <laughs> what, what is the thing that you talk about most often with your friends? That more than likely is something that you love. More than likely. Now, if it's about other people, well, I'll talk about this another other time. <laughs> but you cannot be in love with something without praise. Anything you really love, you have to praise to completely, or to complete the joy in it. I'm going to tell people about my wife, not because I have to, because I like her. That's a big deal. If you are in love with somebody that you don't like, uh, run! Stop it! I really love this person. I just can't stand to be around him. Hmm. All right. Anything you really love, you have to praise to complete the joy in it. This is how, this is why this is one of the steps in a spiritual experience. If, during opportunities of praise and worship, if it's difficult for you to think about who God is. At the beginning of Chi when we pause for 30-ish whatever seconds that we pause for, it changes every week. But when we pause and we meditate on the phrase, God is here. If it's, if it's difficult for you to really, like, think about who God is. If when we sing, you're like, I don't really want to sing and that that's where you're focused if when we do other things that offer opportunities of praise and of worship if you don't ever talk about it you're not in love with it just like you go out these doors you go down the stairs you go to your dorm rooms or whatever you go to the cafeteria you go to classes if it's not something you ever talk about you're not yet in love with it which is why it's one of the steps in a spiritual experience this is not to say you need to be a weirdo I need to go around shouting, I love Jesus, or I love Jesus, yes I do, I love Jesus, how about you? If you start that, I'm walking away and I'm going to pretend I don't know you. Wow. I will. <laughs> that, is, that is, this is not youth group, okay? You are, I know this is really, really weird, but according to the laws of the United States of America, you are all adults. N- technically, not mentally, nope. not mentally, and that's okay. Definitely. But technically, you're all adults. All right. Number one, here's my challenge. I have, I have just two things that I want to challenge you with. Here's the first one. If you've never, ever, ever really felt or understood or, or even experienced God's presence... First off, if you want to experience all it is, is confessing with your mouth, Jesus, Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, and you'll be saved. If you were here last week, I told you a story about uh, Om, and all he said was, God, if you're real, save me. That's a great prayer. That's a great prayer. All right? So if that's kind of where you are in in your walk, in your spiritual walk, because we are all on this journey, nobody has arrived, okay? Unless you are dead, you have not yet to arrive. Congratulations. Think of like the most holy person that you know in your life. Probably a grandmother. I don't know. Why is it always grandmothers? Uh, uh, Maybe not. Maybe like my grandmother drives a Harley and cusses like a sailor. I don't know what driving a Harley has anything to do with not following Jesus. Harleys are great. Um, (laughs) But ask God to show himself real. I sincerely ask you to challenge, I challenge you to do that this week. If you don't know, that God is real. If you haven't experienced God, if you've never felt His presence or understood His presence, you don't, you don't even notice the absence of His presence. I'm telling you right now, the two scariest verses in the Bible, I've shared this to you before, but the two scariest verses in the Bible, it's said about Samson and it's said about Solomon, King Solomon when he was king. It says, the Spirit of the Lord left him, and they didn't know it. That should cause concern. Okay? Some of you are like, I've never really experienced the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, this is your prayer. I dare you for a week to pray this prayer every morning. God, show me that you're real. That simple. Stop making things harder than they need to be. God, if you're real, prove it. Go for it. Uh, I've already challenged my leaders to do this anyway on the second one, um, but you'll hear it again. Rather than pouring out your heart to God, ask Him to pour His heart into you. When you pray. Now, when you pray, it is not bad to tell God what you're going through. God, I've got these 47 assignments that are due yesterday. And, I don't know, my cat died. Not a cat, because cats don't have souls. Uh, So my dog died. Um, (laughs) Whatever else. Like, I'm, I'm struggling... With this relationship, I'm struggling in this, with my job. I'm struggling here, I'm struggling there. That, that's fine to bring those to God. Absolutely okay. In fact, the Bible encourages it. I'm simply saying, for the next week, make this more of a priority. God, I, w- I want to, instead of focusing on me while I pray, God, will you break my heart for what breaks yours? I'm telling you right now, if you ask that, If you ask God to break your heart for what breaks His, suddenly the most annoying people in the world will catch your attention and they won't be the most annoying person in the world anymore. You will suddenly have compassion for the people that you used to not have compassion for. There will be a peace when those people are around that you do not want to be around. So this is it. God, if you're real show me if, if you're beyond if, if that's where you want to start start there that's great that's absolutely great if you know God is real if you're sitting in this room and you're like I'm fairly certain God's real that here's one two and three reasons why cool then I'm going to say do this rather than pouring out your heart to God for this next week ask him to pour his heart into you that's a difficult thing to ask that's a difficult thing to pray Let's pray.